Welcome to the TCM Challenge, a monthly movie review podcast where Matt and I challenge each other to watch some classic films. This month's movie is 1933's The Kennel Murder Case. And I'm Matt in Buffalo. And I'm Matt in Arizona. And welcome everyone to 2023. Yes, Happy New Year. And ringing it in with a primordial early murder mystery I'm super excited to talk about this one. It's yeah, and it just it just so happens this was 1933, so we are watching this for its 90th anniversary. Yes, that kind of did blow my mind. And the transfer, I don't know if we all watched the or if we watched the same thing. I watched it on Amazon. This movie could use a little bit of loving in its transfer. The sound wasn't yeah. great. The picture quality wasn't great. And this is, I think, an important movie where it's like, man, I would love to see a you know, modest remastering of this. I, I had to turn on the subtitles to make sure I wasn't missing plot points. I did too. And uh, it did make me laugh that even the subtitles at a couple points. So, said, sometimes said inaudible. Yeah, yeah I noticed exactly. that too. It's just, and I'm like, I think I picked that up, but it's very hissy, right? But okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So what brought us to this film? So to review Matt's choices for January. We had 1960s Please Don't Eat the Daisies, a comedy. 1953's The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. 1938's The Citadel. 1938's as well, Three Comrades. And finally, 1933's The Kennel Murder Case. And by the way, am I so tempted to say The Kennel Club Murder over and over and over? I have to keep myself from getting the wrong title. Uh, but Matt, why did you settle on the kennel murder case? Well, it was a real hodgepodge that we, we picked up last month. I mean, December, we had a, like a bunch of heavy hitters that we had trouble narrowing down. This one was kind of strange, but what ultimately won it over for me was the, the, the I love a good murder mystery and it stars William Powell. Now, before I saw, when I picked the movie originally, I hadn't seen any of the Thin Man movies, but they're my parents like favorite films. They, they love all of them. They, they watch them all the time. So actually between um, the last show and this one, when I was home for the holidays, I saw, I watched the first thin man just to get a feel for it. And then Excellent. I watched this movie. Um, had a great time with the thin man and you'll hear my thoughts on this uh, in the show. Yeah. I mean, I'm very happy that you watched that because the parallels here are unavoidable and it's a great oh, yeah. comparison. You, it just, he, you have to compare those two. I mean, we'll get into it, but I mean, William Powell in this movie is essentially playing Nick Charles, but, but single. Kind of. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, right? So again, to level set, who boy, am I not really familiar uh, with the early thirties films, right? The top grossing films are Roman Sandals, I'm No Angel, Gold Diggers in 1933, She Done Me Wrong, Tugbone Annie. Okay, I think I know that one. Footlight, uh, Paradise, Dancing Lady, 42nd Street, Diner at Eight, Little Women. That is a lot of cultural blind spots for me. I am not familiar yep. with any of that. A lot of musicals in there, too. Yeah, and then looking over at the outstanding production, this was only the sixth Academy Award. Cavalcade won, but going through those same things, 42nd Street, A Fair World to Arms, I'm the Fugitive from the Chain Gang, Lady for a Day, Little Women, The Private Life of Henry VIII, She Done Him Wrong Again, Smiling Through, State Fair. 
I have no idea about virtually any of these. Like, I think I know Tugboat Annie. I've heard that. Is this the version I've heard? I don't know. I've heard I've heard of 42nd Street. That's that's a big musical, but that's about all I know. But I'm happy to explore into the 30s here. So right off the bat, should we just jump in, I guess? Yeah, I mean, be warned, this is probably going to be a shorter review because the, the, the other positive thing about this, and, you know, I don't mind a longer movie, but this movie is just 74 minutes. And, Matt, this might be sacrilege. I wanted more. I would have yeah. loved to have 20 extra minutes here, and I know exactly what the extra 20 minutes I would have been. But right off the bat, you know, you said William Powell, and I... L- enjoyed him just fine in this i think he is iconic in the thin man movies as nick charles right but i think the absolute star of this movie is the director michael curtis because as we go through uh, uh, casablanca a number of uh, yankee doodle dandy a number of great films he puts a lot of directing panache to this i think there's a lot of style he is moving this movie along like nobody's business witty interesting editing and then right off the bat which i found really helpful because a lot of this cast looks identical to me they did something right out of a tv show they show you the character with his name in the opening credits and i'm like this is snappy we're not fooling around This is going to hold your hand a little bit through. Michael Curtis is the star of this movie. And I think put a lot of really important um, cliches. I don't know, like tropes that we see in this genre going forward. I just want to get that right out the gate at man. He was awesome in this, the director. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderfully directed and a movie like this could be easily made to be schlocky and it's not. No, yeah, it's taking it seriously, right? And getting into the history, this is regarded as maybe one of the first modern, funny when you say that this is a 90-year-old film, but it's one of the first modern murder mysteries. It's not really a chamber piece necessarily, but it laid the groundwork, I think, like I said, that are tropes. This is a monk episode. This is a murder she wrote episode. This is uh, a site. Well, you know, it's all these things just super, super early. I was going to say, I guess I was going to say this for the end, but but since you bring it up now, between watching this and then watching William Powell and the at least the first Thin Man, I haven't seen the other ones yet, but I will. Um, yeah, like you said, Monk, murder she wrote, but actually just the character of both Philo Vance and really the character of Nick Charles um, I, I think, you know, Ryan Johnson took a lot from the Murder on the Orient Express movies, but I think a lot of uh, William Powell is in Daniel Craig's character in the new Knives Out, just kind of debonair, uh, sophisticated, but but smart at, at detective work. I think I, I, I have to think Ryan Johnson took something from The Thin Man. Oh, it, it, a million percent. Yeah. I mean, what this one 
how what's the expression this one crawled so the thin man could run or whatever you know uh, this put the basic building blocks in and i guess we'll jump around we can give all of our kind of take homes the extra 20 minutes that i would have loved from this is william powell doing william powell things and philo vance having a character because i don't think he does in this he's a murder mystery solving machine and where the thin man excels and it's they're longer right is you get a ton of just wonderful wonderful character stuff and comedy coming from william powell this doesn't have that and it's great by itself until you see the thin man and then you're like oh my god that's what this could have been you know what's funny is that I didn't realize that until you pointed it out, but I, 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 I do agree with you. And I wonder if I did myself a bit of a disservice from watching The Thin Man first because he's playing it very similarly to how he plays Nick Charles in The Thin Man that I ended up in my mind, I think, transposing that character onto Philo Vance. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I, that, I didn't notice that during the movie and it didn't bother me. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, if you go back and watch this, it's... The character and the humor comes from the doctor who comes in and the gruff detective. Oh, he's my favorite character. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to him. Oh, yeah. By far. Right. Because like I am a fan of the Thin Man. Right. And the sequels. They're lovely. They're hilarious. And there's six of them. And they have the just like the most gentle decline and diminishing on them. But they don't crater. They're lovely. The second one is wonderful and just laugh out loud. Hilarious, too. They're great. But when you go back, this is screaming for the Miraloy, the Nora Charles, the character, right? The foil for him to talk to his peer, right? Because he doesn't really have a peer in this one. He's kind of above everyone else. And what you get is really good nuts and bolts mystery stuff. But you don't get all the really fun extras that you get with the thin man and like the monks and all those kind of things. Like, because with monk and murder, she wrote and you know, all those, even uh, law and order, you get the character of the detective with it. Right. This one, you don't get it. And the really frustrating no, thing but, is, Oh, gone. Sorry. My, my question though is Philo Vance. Isn't that a, that's a, a well-known character before this, right? Wasn't he like a, like a Sam Spade or one of those pe people kinds of types. Massively popular, right? So a so number maybe of books so maybe, and a number of movies. So this and this isn't the first movie, right? No, it's the fourth William Powell Philo Vance one, fourth and final. Okay, well, well I don't. I not having seen the other ones, then I don't They're know. Hard if, to come by. You know they 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 think. I don't know if it's a thing by like, okay, by the fourth one, we don't have to do much character development for him because we've already established him in the other films. So I wanted to go back and look at those, but they're not readily available, right? Some of them are like, this was, oh, forgive me, MGM Paramount. This was the last one or the, yeah, it, it switched, right? And I think it's probably availability through that. But the thing is like the character, even at the time was meant to be almost obnoxious. The Philo Vance was a very strong and even grating character in the books. And apparently to some degrees in the movies, right? They're not always because it's 
um, William Powell is not the only actor who portrayed him. There was also like two other actors at least that made like 12 or something of these movies. And his character is described as being like looking down on humans. He looks at other humans as like, he's a scientist, not as a humanist. He's described as like a dandy at points and just like meant to be, well, all bunch of code language for gay as well. Right. From the thirties. But there was meant to be like a real kind of interesting character. And there's an amazing, amazing quote um, from an interview with William Powell from the 30s talking about before he jumped to the Nick Charles character of how much he doesn't want to play detectives anymore because there's no acting. There's no character. And then I can see like, oh, when the thin man rolls around and what they're going to do with that, he changes that tune and he goes on to do six more detective stories where he can be a character and be kind of rounded. So they don't do him a service. And it's like, they, it obviously must've been a decision of the movie is the plot and they're along for the ride, just as the detective machine. Well, thankfully, I mean, at least for, from my perspective, when I watched the movie, what the, what the, he lacks in, in character development, at least William Powell makes up in personality because I'm not bored watching him. Oh no. I I don't know if it's the power of that mustache or what, but he is an interesting dude just to watch. Even when he's neutered and going at maybe like 20, 30% of what you know he can do in this exact type of role. He's still super interesting to watch. Maybe that's the goodwill from my experience with Thin man, like you said, but no, it's, Still good, but it, you just know what this formula can do with him, and you're just not quite given it in this movie. All right, plotish kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, plotish. Let's t- let's talk about it a little bit because I mean, this film's called the Kennel Murder Case, but really, I mean, after this opening, there's not a whole lot more to do with the kennel. There's a couple of dogs here and there, but that's I about was- it disappointed because i knew nothing about this a dog is killed and i'm like oh is that is that going to be the murder that they focus on no 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 there's there's people deaths too so we're introduced to well right off the bat you get introduced to philo vance just as a guy who has the dog there kind of peripheral character to start out with but you are kind of thrown into it here the main corpse in the movie is going to be archer uh co and very quickly at the beginning, you're thrown into what is it, um, seven or eight interactions he has with different people. Um, his niece, who is catch me up, Matt, if I miss any of these, his niece, who he is controlling the purse strings of, who he also gets jealous of when she ever has some connection to a man, which is weird. They don't really focus on that. You have her boyfriend, uh, Thomas McDonald. You have her hopeful suitor, who is also the secretary of um, Co. Who, who he disapproves. Who he disapproves of getting with his niece. Right. Um, so, and he's like basically laughed off. You then also have his next door neighbor, who is also his mistress, Doris. 
Doris. And then when he m- interacts with her, he Abusive. runs into yes. So she has one. Basically, you're up to four. He walks out and runs into an Italian dude uh, who is trying to purchase a bunch of his Chinese artifacts, who is also sleeping with Doris. And because of that, he walks away from that proposed sale. So you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in 1930s money kind of going out the window. You go back to his house and he has Liang, who to the movie's credit actually cast an Asian man in the role. I didn't want to take that for granted in the thirties. Who's been in very few things. I think he only had two other credits. He is their cook. Who's kind of working to help this gray market um, artifacts, Chinese pottery that they have. Um, You also have Brisbane Co's brother who I forget the exact motives, but, really hates his brother. And then finally, we don't really see it now, but later on it's kind of identified that their butler or head servant uh, is operating under a fake name and he's hiding his criminal past. So there's your knives out glass onion murder on the Orient express cliche, whatever your suspects and all, Suspects and all their potential motives, because, I mean, when you first meet Archer Coe and you see him interact with all these people, because this movie is so quick, his, you know, his asshole level is turned up to 11. I mean, he is such a dick to all these people. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, when your head is spinning in this, was this when you put on the uh, closed captioning? Oh, I started right at the beginning because I didn't want to okay. miss anything. Once, once, once I once I saw the quality of the audio and film, I just turned it on. Yeah, at this point, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to have a podcast discussion about all these swamp of characters that were just thrown at me. I guess I better start taking notes on this one. So there's your cast of characters, right? Um, moving the plot along, and this is where I think things are going to start getting a little tricky for us to kind of coherently walk through. Uh, but Arthur Cole is dead. You hear a single gunshot. Um, some nice model work, by the way. Nice see, model work and the, floating the around. fact the fact that you only see his window and the flash of a gunshot. It's almost it's very Hitchcockian the way that it, that shot. Style, man. I mean, this could have then easily been just like um, a disposable movie, uh, just murder mystery schlocky stuff. But no, there's actual real craftsmanship to this. Right. It wasn't just a churn it out type of thing. So he's dead in his room behind a locked door. Uh, And this is discovered by their butler first thing in the morning. And then I just love some of this 1930s uh, stuff. It's immediately in the papers. It's causing a kerfuffle. You know, he's a rich, not socialite, but, you know, noted person gets in the papers. uh, Philo Vance on the radio everywhere feel Vance catches word of this and he just he gets his spidey sense tickling uh he knows that this is not a suicide uh basically his gut feeling is this type of a character would never kill himself right and, and so we should we should point out that just so that we we don't have, miss any important plot detail so first of all i just wanted to commend we talked about the cinematography i love the shot through the lock 
how how mm-hmm. the butler discovers that he's the the the, the dead body. Um, and so, yeah, Arth, Archerco is in there. He's sitting on a chair in a room with a locked door. He has a gun in his hand, and there's a a, a bullet wound. So the implication is that he shot himself. I just want to establish that as we go through all these twists and turns. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So basically, we're often going of just processing through clues leading to the next character interaction and all that kind of a thing. I don't particularly know how we should start moving through, but I think maybe the first one is the reoccurring character of the doctor who they bring in. I don't know. Or the mortician, the county coroner, maybe might be the more accurate one. But this guy is your primary, like, genuine comedic relief who shows up. He ends up being called back to this house, what, three times? Three times, yeah. the course of the movie. And he gets begrudgingly more, like, surly about it, but also more and more interested in what the 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 running gag, the running gag is they always catch him when he's trying to eat. Right. So this is where it's like, it's frustrating where, dang, this guy is... They're aware they need to put some comedy in here. Put a bit more in, right? Diversity of the characters. But it's just like, yes, I needed this. I needed this guy. And they immediately come in. By the way, this, oh dear, is this hold true from uh, 1930 to now? The big detective just keeps trying to argue with people, even really late into the movie. Can't you just say it's a suicide? Just make everybody's life easier. He just wants to take the laziest way out. And I'm like that in not facetiously, that joke ages like fine wine. That's no, it does. Because I mean, that's what, that's another thing that like, that just reminded me so much of the first knives out where they, they're trying to rule Christopher Plummer a suicide and Daniel Craig won't. Yeah. I mean, I'm at, you know, it was probably going to be in the final thoughts, man, do I love reading old science fiction to find like the beginning of like cliches. Where did all the inspiration come from getting it back down to the initial thing with this? It feels like we're getting really close. You know, this feels like one of the first things that kind of kicked this all off Uh, because I know there were some before, but this is, right at the earlier stages of the talkies it's all kind of right here kicking off of what has been a genre that's been still here for 90 years how many genres stick around for 90 years right i think they're coming back with knives out right so yeah not not much but yeah so when the doctor gets there after he grumbles and is very cranky discovers that uh, Archer Co has a skull fracture from something that that hit him in the back of the head, and that the uh, um, Philo Vance uh, points out that the the bullet wound has no blood, so therefore they conclude that he was shot after he died. And very quickly after that, they go. They notice that his shoe is partially off. Things don't really look right. They look at his clothes in his closet and there's slight blood stains there and a hole in that, which leads them to look at his shoulder. So they find that not only was he shot in the head post-mortem, his head was cracked and also he got probably the fatal wound to the, you know, the back, a stab wound in the back. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know it's not like, 
it's this movie's not graphic obviously because it's 1933 but i just thought that that was an interesting i never hear too many stories where you know someone was stabbed but the stab wasn't what killed them he bled out internally which is kind of creepy i mean this is pre-code it's not overly explicit but i do wonder where the line was because at one point the detective says he blew his brains out and i'm like I don't remember hearing that type of language in older movies. It's like, was that a code thing? Um, But yeah, you don't see any blood, but talking about shooting a head, you're seeing a corpse throughout the movie, right? Like, I think that was kind of like a code pre code thing. And it's like, great. And none of it was terribly offensive or anything. So yeah, yeah, I I mean, I just found the idea of, of being stabbed and you're fine, but you're not fine. Oh yeah. A little creepy. If you get into it, yeah, it's what you do end up finding out is he didn't know he was stabbed or what probably was the case. He didn't know he was stabbed, sat down and just slowly expired. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's pretty upsetting. Um, But, you know, the guy after they identify that the guy got the Vigo Carpathian, like um, when his head died, um, the mystery is still the door was locked from the locked. inside, right? And they're looking at the windows. It's not easily, you know, in or out. That's not really an option. It's on third floor, something like that. I think we're kind of led to believe at a certain point, second, third floor. Um, so that's kind of there. They start moving through like the first one that they want to look into is Brisbane, Brisbane, his brother, right? Mm-hmm. And you get the wonderful 1930s policing of he's supposed to be on this train. If that's the case, why is his cane here? Right. So let's do the ticker tape telegraph through. Is he actually in Chicago on this train? Did he make this train? He made a very visible alibi, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Is he on there? And what they kind of find out that nope, doesn't look like he's really there. Mystery starts to deepen. They, and this is just the brilliant kind of like, I love in spy movies, just little details of just logic. We talked about this in seven days in May, I think probably of, okay, what would you do if you had to go to a train station stash, you know, and just go back and forth, but you had to have a bag. Oh, you just stash the bag at the, at the counter, right? At the bag taker. Mm-hmm. Go have a cop check it out and see if there is one of his bags there. Lo and behold, there is just simple. That makes total sense. Smart guy logic in a movie. Love that. Right. Yeah. So they get that and they're going through and it's set up earlier in the movie and it's hilarious and in a good sense, right? This is not Hong Kong plot hole or lazy writing, but he has a book called unsolved murders and yeah. basically bookmarked in there is a classic case of murder. And Philo has this, right? A classic case of murder where the lock was bolted from the inside and it gives a written description. Philo goes off and cracks that, that fishing line through the keyhole, blah, blah, blah. You can rig up a system to lock it, pull it out. And it looks like, you know, no one would be the wiser. The door was locked from the inside. So right. bah, 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 here's the clear cut. Obviously, Brisbane must be the murderer. The killer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just clear as day, right? He has the book 
with the blueprints on how to murder. They go downstairs. Mystery is completely solved. Hey, where would he have kept his coat? Oh, in that closet. Open the closet. His corpse falls out. And that's where the doctor has to come back. And it's like, okay, here's where things are starting to, you know, spiral. And it's like, okay, I didn't know this was going to be a case. By the way, a dog was in there before, and that was one of the potential motivations. Somebody killed a prize dog. So it's the third body in the movie so far. Well, also, too, I, I, no, it's it's later, isn't it? When the other when Doris's dog is found in another part of the house, right? Yeah, in another closet, there's a brained dog, a Dober, Doberman Pinscher that's just sitting because, in his closet. Because somewhere. Philo's dog uh, alerts them to it. Yes, right. So uh, Captain, I believe, is that dog. Uh, whereas... Like, how is there not a lawsuit back then? The Thin Man has very famously a dog companion with them, too. Astra. Um, Asta. Asta, yeah. yeah, sorry. And it's just, the parallels are just amazing, right? Man, if the internet were around back then, this would be, the Thin Man would be lit up. Um, so, during the testing out the um, the lock unpicking, device he sees that liang is upstairs stashing something right uh and we find that it's a poker down there it's covered in hair which we find out is not the victim's hair and it's just another piece of the pit uh puzzle in here of like well here might be that blunt instrument right uh Mm -hmm. but why does liang have it all these type of things are starting to like okay Let's go check on him. Oh, go on. By the way, real quick, did we? I don't know if we, when we were establishing suspects and murders, did we talk? Did we hit on Liang because Liang I was also him, another yeah. suspect? Okay, I just want to make sure because yeah. yeah, and it, it touches on it right. Like there are, I I did watch this a little bit through my fingers of like, oh, how racist is this going to get? There's a couple characters who will say a racist leading type of question in this, um, but it's not the like the movie. Yeah, it's a it's a character doing it. And also Liang is not meant to be like a bad character in this. And he's basically expressing interest in stealing my culture. Right. So it's not here. They don't really super dwell on it. But there is a little bit of a thing here of just the asshole is taking another guy's culture and he expresses displeasure in it. Right. And it's meant right, to be but, one of the possible motives for murder. Absolutely. But I was going to echo the same thing. I was very impressed and, and happily so that they don't really play up the race card in this film. Yeah, no. Right. Um, I will say like watching this one and there's a little bit very much of its time. Uh, and after the thin man, but this one, let's so this one more so the thin man. I'm surprised how modern they feel with some of the like cultural things. The mural yeah. boys character is a hundred percent up here. I think to that's, Nick that's Charles. the, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the thin man, but that was one of the I things I, I really love that. I mean, that's one of the things when I saw the first one, I really loved is she's not treated as the woman, you know? 
no, she's like a hundred percent on board with these things. Uh, wants to do it. She just hasn't doesn't have the experience, right? And that's the only no, but thing so, but separating like, her. Ca- from... Sometimes catches things that he doesn't. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's it's wonderful. She wants to be there. He's protective of her, which is fine, but not out of you know dated macho crap. It's just he wants to be protective of his life or his wife, who he loves dearly. I mean, they're refreshing in how kind of modern they feel. And no, that's this one. The, I think I texted you. I crap. think I texted you when I was watching it. I was like, that's one of the things I loved about it. Oh, yeah, it's great. And then just the, the you know, following up on that, it, it's very much in line. Right. So, OK, I'm kind of a little bit dazed in all this, but one of the maybe next major points was Sir Thomas is attacked using um, the same dagger that likely killed um, Ko um, here. He is heard screaming, uh, can't identify the assailant whatsoever, takes a seemingly kind of superficial wound to this and that brings you know everybody up to check out uh check up on him and showing his hand and just asking the questions philo asks could this have been self-inflicted we don't necessarily i recall getting a, get a, an answer from that but at this point now all the pieces are more or less in play we're seeing you know um um let me see the the dagger the fire poker. There's also a missing vase in um, in that main study. Co's collection. Uh, yeah, yeah. Co's collection that we see Liang trying to clean up and fix at one point. So, man, I don't know. I mean, we're moving through this. Basically, no. I, I mean, the, the and we're not just uh, just so that the listeners are aware. We're not just trying to speed through this. The movie speeds through this. I mean, it, it is quick. There's no downtime. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no just... downtime. Um, yeah. and as to, you know, who, who stabbed, uh, Sir, Sir Thomas, I, I don't want to give it away, but I think by the end of the movie, it, we, we find out that it was not self-inflicted. Right. So, I, man, I don't know. I had to laugh out loud once, maybe semi unintentionally, where here, when they're up in Sir um, Thomas's house across the street, across an alleyway, Philo looks over and sees the butler closing the window right in his room. And what we get, my laugh was like right out of Back to the Future of like, please excuse the crude nature of this model, but he has beautifully detailed multi-part models of the two houses to show to the cops laying out what the plan was. And it's like, man, what prototyping department did he have to whip those things up overnight? But whatever. I know when I saw, when I, when I saw them, I'm like, I was like, those are the models that they shot with the, the, the miniatures that they, they shot with, aren't they? (laughs) That's what the trivia says. Uh, I suppose it's true. It feels like they weren't, big enough for like the quality of that model work. But if it's true, like kudos to them, they made it look a lot bigger and better than, you know, one foot by one foot kind of apartment building models. 
So what we are laying out here is without the characters being there, Philo Vance knows what how the murder went down. He just doesn't have the names just yet. So what he outlines, and it's shown through, you know, carefully directed and staged flashbacks, and it's effective, is that two men sought to kill Ko's night or kill Ko that night, right? So the first one was going to be um the first Luke successful Bain. yeah. Well well the first one was the first real murderer, right? Which was yeah, oh yes, yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. Right. So he goes in, struggles with Ko over something, right? Ends up braining him and stabbing him, leaving him for dead, what he thinks is dead. He tries to destroy or hide very like what maybe in like a murderer's panic hide the knife at the first spot, which was just in the base breaks. Right. So he goes back um, thinking he murdered Ko, but turns out Ko was just dazed, wakes up from his fight, not realizing that he's been mortally wounded. This is the genuinely, you know, really creepy part of this. That's where, yeah. Yeah. So he staggers upstairs, probably at this point brained. Maybe he's not all with it. Right. Um, which is also like one of the most disturbing things I ever heard from like a Dateline NBC was somebody got a brain injury, wasn't aware that the person there inflicting it was murdering them and was talking to them like, hey, I, I hurt myself. Can you help me? And he didn't realize that the person who hurt him is the one who's or how he got hurt is because he's in the process of being murdered. I found that profoundly. Well, that's upsetting. creepy. Yeah, it's like he, what he what all oh my well, viewer discretion. He was kneeling down, got shot in the head from behind from his friend, turned around and said, I just hit my head. I'm 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 hurting. Can you help me? And he didn't realize it was his friend behind him, like execution style killing him. But he didn't die from the head wound. That's that's stuck with me for years. I'm sorry for everybody else. But that's where I went to this of like he has a brain injury and he's not realizing his he's stabbed. Maybe he's just like, oh, I just got the wind knocked out of me. And I'm like, right. oh, God damn, this was no, upsetting. like right. watching him walk up the stairs and go to his room. It's like, don't realize he's already dead. He just doesn't know it yet. Dead man walking. Yeah. I mean, again, maybe that's the 1930s pre code. I, I don't know. But whatever it is, it's effective. It's upsetting. It's good. Right. Kudos right. to the movie. So he goes upstairs. He's taking off his clothes. What? um uh coincidentally at that same time he he sits down he turns off the lights he closes his window we we see that he likes having his window open at night he sits down dies basically just slowly passes away completely coincidentally at that time brisbane cole comes in comes into the house leaves his stuff behind goes up, thinks he has a tremendous stroke of luck, sees his brother there sleeping, plugs him in the head, rigs up his system to lock the door, goes back downstairs, and the big feel of Vance, like amazing just intuition is the murderer across the street looks over and sees the guy he thought was dead. Like, can you imagine what that would be? Like, oh my God, 
he's not dead. I'm seeing him there in the window. I have to go back over and finish the job. Rushes back over. Goes in, accidentally runs into Brisbane, who he thinks is the brother, Archer. Kills him. And then stuffs him in the closet, maybe in a panic. And then basically what we find is he's attacked by a dog. Doris's uh, Doberman Pinscher, who is in the shared backyard, comes in, attacks him, hits him with the poker. And then he takes off, stuffs the dog in the closet. So what we have is we think we have the beats of the murder but we don't necessarily have the proof and we don't know who the actual murderer is. You have Brisbane, a second victim and who was, who shot a corpse, right? right. So we don't know who the I- killer's identity is. So somebody looked into the future and saw how the thin man did it better. William Powell calls all of our principal actors back together in a room and he's pretty sure he knows who is not the killer. And can I just say, segueing onto that scene, gives the best dinner party ever. I love the, just the way that scene plays out and the dialogue and everything. I love that scene. Oh, and the Thin Man? Oh, it's yeah. it's fantastic. And Mira Loy's character in there of just like, this is the best show ever. And her just wanting to like, prodded along and just but you know like, what i mean can i just I love, be there it's wonderful ultimately whether we recommend this movie or not i recommend you all go see the at least the first thin man because i just what i what i love about that scene is just his his nonchalantness he's kind of like explaining bit by bit what the murder is and it's just like you know pass coffee you know it's just like asking oh. his guess what he wants oh and you could tell that there's a reason for it too is he's trying to percolate the room right and just build and build the pressure in the room for it to get to an explosion by the way that's what they do in subsequent flicks too and is every bit is just wonderful again right so they get a little not formulaic right but they know what works and they do it and they hit it and it's just it's graceful you know get to that second one at least the second one's the best of the sequels and it's it's delightful right so okay get everybody together and basically arranges for Sir Thomas and um, the secretary. What was it? Reed, right. To start to have a fight over Hilda. That's the, the, the niece, the niece. right? Right. So here he basically gets them into a fight. Uh, Vance pulled a little strings and said, I need this proof. Get him agitated up so when he does that it starts to come to blows and reed instinctively like goes for the poker to like poker to brain him right and here is where you know it works perfectly fine for this type of movie the doberman realizes like oh this is the guy who attacked i'm going to sick him right and because it's in all these movies, you can't just like rely on the dog as the witness. You always need that pathos of the, the murderer 
confessing in front of everybody. And I would have got away with it if it weren't for you damn kids. Right. The right. Scooby Doo. You just you just have to. And they do. And this is where Reed confesses that. He went to Co for more support to try and court Hilda and it was rebuffed, like humiliatingly so. And because of that crime of kind of passion, almost. Well, him. also there too. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a, a an aside, but there's a there's a separate scene earlier in the movie where Reed and Hilda are talking to each other, and that's when Hilda tells him that um, she's going to be marrying Sir Thomas. So I think mm-hmm. by by that uh, scene and what happens to Thomas later, I, I think you're meant to understand that Reed probably also went after Thomas in in a fit of jealousy. Yeah. So. I mean, and there you go. I mean, that's the end. Let's get out of here. 71 minutes and we are dunsies, which I super appreciate. But like I said, give me 20 more minutes. I'm happy to live in this world with these characters more if you give me a bit more of the character. But uh, maybe my thought, final thoughts and, you know, on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do wonder kind of out loud, and this is not really impacting my recommendation for the movie or not, but is there enough here to for you to get to the answer on your own? Like, are you playing along and are you trying to guess? Is there enough laid out for you? I don't know. Like, maybe that's a different type of murder mystery of, like, can you pick up on it and come to the same conclusion? Because I'm not entirely sure you can in this one when it comes down to Sir Thomas or Reed. Maybe I need to rewatch, but it comes down to almost like a coin flip. Um, And maybe it's slightly superior if you can figure it out yourself beforehand. I don't know. Not super worried on that. Slight quibble from something very early. But like I said, from a historical standpoint, some of the people out there say that this is that first modern murder mystery movie. And from a historical standpoint, you should absolutely see it. I think it's wonderful. It's super entertaining. It's super short. But it only kind of gets a point retroactively taken off when you can see what you can do when you turn all the things that are in this up to 11 and give Philo Vance a equal peer to kind of ping pong off of. And you get that in the Thin Man movies. And I think they're just, they're God tier when this is wonderful. It's a great experience. I'm super happy to have seen it. I think it absolutely stands the test of time. It's totally worth your watch, but then just go straight to the Thin Man and watch those. Matt. Yeah, well, like I said, first things first, huge recommend for The Thin Man. I can't wait to go back and watch the other ones, but that first movie was great. Um, I I finally get it now. Um, As for this film, it may be more surface-level fun, but but that that word really sticks around for me. This was fun. I had a good time watching this. It's quick. It's breezy. Now, was there enough clues to um, have you guess... I don't know. I'm really bad at these, though, because, I mean, like, even with the, the new Knives Out movies, I couldn't I didn't guess either one of them right. Um, so maybe I'm just not very good when it comes to these murder mysteries. But that's I mean, because I 
I try not to figure them out purposefully and just take the ride that the movie wants me to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether or not there were enough clues didn't necessarily affect me because I really wasn't looking. Um, to me, these kind of movies, and I think this it'll work for this movie, these murder mystery movies are better on the second watch after you know who the killer is because then you can go back and start looking for hints. That's what mm-hmm. I did with, with the Knives Out movies and that's what I, you know, I'll do with this movie. Um, but it was a great time. I had a lot of fun and yeah, it holds up. So I recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, oh, and like I mentioned when we chose this film last month, check out the trailer for The Thin Man. It's wild and again, feels super ahead of its time. It's William Powell as Philo Vance walking down the street and he runs into William Powell as Nick Charles and they talk to each other and Nick Charles says, William Powell's Nick Charles talks to Philo Vance's Nick Charles and says, hey, I haven't seen you since the Kennel Club or the Kennel murder case. And then it's like, hey, all right, well, good luck on your one with the the thin man. Right. And it's just it's the same actor handing off the character into the thin man it's it's wild oh, I had, just i had no idea that's i had no idea that's meta before meta oh go check it out it's it's insane it, it's so like charming it's on youtube go check it out it's what two three minutes if that it, it's wild it's split screen stuff it, it's it's cool as hell so Matt and I aligned beforehand. We want to flip the script a little bit and make sure that I'm not just always getting the potential for horror hound and you know, Halloween picks and Christmas. picks. So we're going to double up and Matt, I am going to gift you two months in a row uh, films to select. So once again, Matt, your choices for February are, 1971's Red Sun, a train carrying a Japanese delegation with a ceremonial sword for President Grant is robbed by bandits. The description on TMC goes on for a book. I think that's sufficient. Charles Bronson, directed by Terrence Young. It's a Western, by the way. From 1946, Night and Day. Fanciful biography of songwriter Cole Porter, who rose from high society to find success on Tin Pan Alley, starring Cary Grant and directed by Michael Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. From 1950, Hunt the Man Down. A lawyer uncovers the secrets behind a decade-old murder case. Short, uh, 68 minutes, by the way, another brisk one from 1976. I believe our first documentary opportunity here called the gray gardens, the unbelievable, but true story of Edith Beale and her daughter, Edie, Edie, excuse me, who live in a world of their own in a decaying mansion. And finally, 1979's 10. George is a middle-aged songwriter who feels that his life has become boring. He becomes obsessed with a girl named Jenny and follows her to Mexico without her knowledge. Again, it continues. I'll stop there. But yes, this is the very famous Dudley Moore, uh, Bo Derek flick comedy. So there you go, Matt. I think, you know, 
we initially thought you got done dirty by the January picks. Uh, but I think we found the gem in there. Here, I think you have some potential very interesting things to pick from. Walk us through some of your logic. I have my hopes, and I have my suspicion what you might go with. Well, I mean, it was a very interesting list, right? Because all of them sound intriguing to the same degree. I mean, I was in a Cole Porter musical when I was in high school, so I'm familiar with with him and his music, and I really like his music. But, um, you know, it was it was funny. When I proposed doing this, when we flipped it, um, you had said that you had already picked a one that you really wanted, and I was going to see I if I could... I have a strong could... favorite. I was going to see if I could match it, but I don't know if I, if I will. But I my, my pick for this, because... This is a director whose films I haven't seen before, but but want to see. Um, I'm going with 10. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's perfectly fair. I was really hoping for the documentary, just because it would be so different from us. And that's apparently pretty wild. But that being said, 10's a cultural blind spot for me. I haven't seen it, so I'm more than happy to uh, check that one out. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. I've not seen a Blake Edwards movie, so this gives me an excuse to go back and watch the original Pink Panther as well. Oh, it's been ages since I saw that. But yeah, that's that's definitely a lot of fun. So, okay, thank you for all this discussion here, Matt. But it doesn't have to stop. Definitely reach out to us and let us know if you figured out who the murderer was beforehand. Or if you think this is the far better picture than The Thin Man, and we don't need all that pesky comedy and slapstick uh, nature of those, reach out to us over at tcmchallenge at gmail.com. We can also be found on Facebook at the TCM Challenge. Like I said, we're on Twitter. Find us there if it continues to exist. And this death is prolonged. But I'm there at uh, Pro Sub Zero, where I definitely post a lot about what I'm reading at the time definitely covering a lot of the movies that i'm picking sports all that good stuff matt where can we find you you can also find me on twitter at m hansen 0207 talking about a bunch of different things movies politics be warned if you follow me i i talk a lot of politics current events but mostly movies and and nerd stuff so uh yeah come chat with me all right so be on the lookout for 10 it is february 27th um, at 8 p.m., which bodes well. That's one of their not hidden time slots, right? They'll put some of the heavy hitters in there. Oh, by the way, we missed our um, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World was on TCM this past month. So oh, that could have been an option in here. Yeah, and of course I had to just stop and watch it for a while. One of these days, you know, maybe we'll have to do a bonus show where we do that movie because that movie was the 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 gave us the spark that gave us this idea to do this show yeah i fell into the trap of like i forgot it was on tmc so i'm like i'll just stick around to the next commercial and then you're just sitting yeah there and you're just sitting there and, and time's flying forgetting by. that there is no commercials on T- tcm exactly so like i said uh subject to change but be on the lookout february 27th which will coincide probably when our episodes tend to drop around the 28th of the month but 10 with that can't wait to take that conversation on matt i'm matt in buffalo and i'm matt in arizona thank you so much for joining us on this month's episode of the tcm challenge 
And I just have one request for y'all. If you got any more corpses, bring them out now, will ya? I can't be running up down here all day. <laughs>